Last Friday, I talked to a hotel owner and operator who just might have the most interesting story I've heard yet. I couldn't stop thinking about it and talking about it all weekend with everyone I was with. And there's two reasons for this. First, this person has a radically different way of running his business, from living on property to cleaning rooms himself each day to helping his staff buy homes. But what's crazy about all this is it's not just a feel-good story. He's an investor who is crushing every business performance metric, from guest satisfaction scores to revenue benchmarks. So how did this all get started? That's what we're going to be looking at today. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. Craig Poole is the president of Reading Hospitality, which owns and operates the Doubletree Hotel in Reading, Pennsylvania. He's a three-time Hilton Connie Award winner and was recognized as General Manager of the Year by the American Hotel and Lodging Association. What he and his team have done is so incredible that I've decided to use most of this week to share his stories and the lessons that you can use. I'm a big believer in the way that you start sets the tone for what you do. So to kick things off in this episode, you're going to learn both how Craig starts each day and how he got started on the path to the business that he runs today. I'm curious, how do you start your day and get in the right state of mind to do all the work that you do? I get up, my feet hit the floor, and I go to work. (laughs) That's what I've done my whole life. I actually live in a hotel. So I I get up, I open the door, and I'm at work. And then I go downstairs, and uh, I meet. First thing I do is I say hi to everybody in the lobby, the front desk people, wherever. And then I give hugs to everybody, from the front desk to the security to the front to the hostesses. And then I go meet everybody that's at breakfast. Then I walk through the kitchen and everybody working. And I walk through all the functions. And then I stand in the lobby and I greet people and meet people. And I call it my farm because that's the place I go to. When people come down the steps, I find out why they're here. What's the purpose of here? Can I find any new business from you? And what can I, where's your pain? Where's your happiness? We take them to eat breakfast because most everybody eats breakfast. Then about 8.30, I meet with about 20 people for half an hour to an hour and a half every day that work here. And we do storytelling about the hotel or just what's going on in the world. People's the people that work here, what's what, they call it a, a stand-up meeting in the industry. I call it a sit-down storytelling meeting. And I serve them. You know, I try to make their day as successful to start. It takes an hour to, an hour, most of the time it's an hour. And then we break up and we all go to the breakfast and we have breakfast together. People go back to work. People have meetings. And I go take care of all the other things that we're doing that day. I love that. How you start your day sets the tone for the rest of the day, right? Can you tell me a little bit about your career journey to your role today? So I started like everybody else at a young age in in hospitality, washing dishes and valet and bussing tables and waiting on tables and cooking. And then I became a manager of uh, restaurants. And back then I start at a very early age, I started working in restaurants that had issues. 
I had a restaurant, a, a new restaurant, and did real well in a chain. And then they sent me to other places that were in, in trouble. So I find out at a young age that I, I do pretty good with troubled places. And then I got promoted to be a GM of a hotel and then a vice president of a hotel. And first it was a district, then a region, then vice president back in holiday end times. So we ran about a third of the country. Then I holiday Inn at the time built Hampton Inns. They were the franchisee. So I left and I built three Hampton Inns with some friends of mine. We built the 18th, the 21st, and I think 32nd Hampton Inn in the country in Pittsburgh. And something wasn't going right with our deal. And I thought I'm going to get out. And I bought a uh, bankrupt business in the inner city of Pittsburgh in the ghetto that was shuttered. And I opened it and it became, and I was going to take this property and then work with banks on, on buyouts and sweat equity and started a business working with dysfunctional businesses. But this restaurant became very lucrative and big and became world famous. I fell in love with the inner city part of it. So I stayed for 17 years and had the best time of my life. And I had a one of the top 100 jazz clubs in the world, always ranked. Presidents came there, movies, every movie star. If you came to Pittsburgh, you came to see me. Still today, it's not there anymore, but after we sold it, it went bankrupt a few more times. But still today, if you went to Pittsburgh and said James Street, people would know me here, James Street. What made it so good? Yeah, the people. The, what made it good is the same thing as this hotel. It was in a very depressed area, bad reputation gangs or whatever. And I went in and did the same thing. I hired people from the city. I did local. I was very successful. I took care of neighborhoods and people, worked with the gangs. I worked with the FBI. I did all the FBI secret service parties and, and the gang parties. You brought people together. Yeah, it did. It was, it was probably the first very highly diversified businesses in the country. It was known. People would fly in and say, this is the one place you could go and be equal. You could be very rich and very poor because Chaz does that. It brings people together. And we built a structure with people. Most of the people there, 60 some people worked there. Most of them there for 17 years. Most of the people stayed with me. Wow. 17 years. Well, tomorrow, Craig's going to share why he hired 208 people for his 209-room hotel, something he calls the Singapore Theory. Make sure you're subscribed to Hospitality Daily in your podcast app so you don't miss it. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. 
Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes from some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 